Hello, this is your editor speaking. I'm just dropping in to say that some of the content of this episode are a bit explicit, so you are warned to continue listening if uh, shit talking is not your thing. But if you do, continue. Uh, enjoy. Hi, I'm Ogne. Uh, I did EYP between th- 2014 and 16, and I did a lot of sessions, and uh, I loved it a lot and it gave me so much and uh, I also got kicked out of my house for doing EYP so I guess it was worth it (laughs) but now I'm doing marketing and I'm working in bars as well and I'm just um, trying to kind of find my way back into doing the whole international thing because I really miss it. I'm Nare, uh, I've been doing EYP since 2016. I'm still doing EYP. I'm not planning to stop anytime soon so yeah, th- that's why my stories were very recent. So. See, I get head all the training, like that's yeah. a thing now. Well, um, I decided that that's a thing, yeah. <laughs> because last time I was head organizing, I was so confused at points. I was like, I don't want them to be confused, so yeah damn is is that uh, like uh, i've never heard of that stuff before but that, that's that's awesome that it's happened is that, is that like the first time that that's happened or has that happened no, before this is the second like, year. This... okay this is like we decided to make it a yearly event but like i mean i decided to do it because like i'm the second time i'm the nc of the board so like at least for now i have the power but then next year i might not so i don't know if it's gonna keep happening <laughs> but at least this is the second year i'm doing it so yeah i just decided that like it's better to have some kind of training and not be confused and be more comfortable than just be out of nowhere. Like you're going to do all this stuff and they're like, but how? And so you're like, this is how. I like that. I feel like that should be uh, almost a motto in UIP. It's better to have training and not be confused and be like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> exactly. You can, you can put that in your CV, Nathan, for all the training stuff. Exactly. It's <laughs> like a good header. <laughs> Yeah, why, why do we want you as a trainer? Well, it is better to have trainings than to be like, I'm confused and I don't know what I'm doing. I can help you with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can definitely help you in the confusion part and questioning what the fuck are you doing? You know, I feel like that's a good part of it. Uh, but then like within this HO training, uh, like how, what does it take to become a hoe? Um, I mean, <laughs> do you want me to tell you the whole thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, we're actually like, <laughs> No, we're just actually going step by step. Like, what do they have to do? Like, kind of giving them a mind map that they can follow potentially, if they want to do stuff. Because usually you just don't know. You're just going with the flow. And I'm telling you, like, at when I was doing it, it was like very confusing. <laughs> like literally, I was just out of nowhere. They would tell me like, "Can you make a welcome booklet?" And I was like, "Okay, I've seen it, but how do I make it?" But now I'm like, okay, this is how. Yeah, it's surprisingly often that head organizers forget very basic shit. Like, do we need to provide water to participants? Hmm. We did not consider this. I have done that. Like, that's exactly something that I've done. Like, forgetting water. (laughs) What are basic human needs? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's kind of because of Armenia as well. Because, like, we have tap water and everyone in Armenia drinks it. Hmm. Yes, and then, yeah, isn't Armenia one of these countries where you're, y'all are really proud about your tap water, but then every time you have an international session, people just have diarrhea all over the place? <laughs> yes. Not, not to say that that's against Armenia. There's so many YP countries that do that shit. Like, I, I've had diarrhea so many YP events. It's... I was I was about to say, like, are you, are you pointing at a particular event you might have been a part of in Armenia? <laughs> I think Nathan had like a poop chat in our in our Yerevan team. Oh shit, that's true. Okay, yes, yeah, so it's so in Yerevan. So um, Yerevan twenty nineteen. Yeah, yes, we um with with the chess team, we had yeah, it, it was a poop chat. So it was a WhatsApp group that was dedicated just to poops. And so whenever you would take a poop, you would have to take a poop selfie, and then you could also write something or kind of share something but it was only for like those poops and we kind of saw that they were happening more and more frequently (laughs) 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 and some people will be posting multiple times within small periods of time (laughs) 
but but it's true i i remember like when i when i first arrived in armenia for the first time um i was i was held up at security for absolute ages and stuff like that but i finally managed to get in the country i think at three four o'clock in the morning a bunch of ypers kind of picked me up i got into the car the first thing they asked me is have you tried the water i'm like what do you mean like did you do something to it what's going on they're like no 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 the tap water have you tried it i'm like Am I allowed to? They're like, yeah, 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 it's amazing tap water. And I was like, what's what's this fascination behind? And then I tried it and I was like, ah, yeah, it's good tap water. And then it all went south. <laughs> for some people, not for all. I mean, it makes sense from a biological perspective. It <laughs> yes. can be great tap water for you, but then when you're coming from another like bacteria uh, environment and your body's not used to whatever is present there it's uh yeah I, i'm not trying to shit talk our media here it's just it's just the way no, yeah. I, i'm so here i'm not gonna let you do that <laughs> i love the pun there shit talk yeah but you you think we'd learn at some point like nathan have how many I, okay i don't want you specifically i don't want to ask about how many events that you, you've had have oh my Okay, maybe. <laughs> uh, considering Taika stopping to talk about diary, yes, please, who can save me from my talking sentence? talking about uh, shit talking? Uh, I I was gonna go to power shifts. It, it was like a series of events, and one of them was in Warsaw, and I was supposed to go there. And I was like getting emails from the organizers before the session, and I was like crashing a, a Latvian session at the time when I got like a an organizer's email, and the title of the email said not power shifts information it said power shits information <laughs> and i just love that so much <laughs> it represented the session so well <laughs> oh, beautiful yes <laughs> yes uh, i feel like power shits is a big part of eyps but you know but we we're exploring as we're already talking about now like we explore how water tastes like in different countries and how uh, other people are normal normalized to certain water and we're not we explore other cultural foods and be like oh my god this is going to be amazing and then we're in the toilet for quite a long time as well and i feel like I know that there's a, there's a lot of friends that I have that we've kind of really connected through toilet like uh like uh Alex um Nobelansky and and João Moreiro like the three of us were taking a dump together in um in Albania um I think it was in Tirana 2014 or 2013 and it was in GA and we, we were taking the cubicles and that was like that was me Alex and Joel uh, sorry and jo- João not Joel, um, the, the three of us in like three cubicles next to each other. And we just had like the worst diarrhea ever. And the three of us were just there and we were talking and we were singing and we were sharing everything. And it was beautiful. And we had like a good 20 minutes there together before entering GA. And like, as we came out the stalls, we had a nice hug and it was like, it was really nice. Proper bonding. That's cute. <laughs> it was actually really cute. That is such a Nathan <laughs> thing coming out of a toilet stall. Let's have a hug. That was a great bonding experience that we just had. Yeah. This, this, despite Nathan being one of the hosts, I've managed to keep this podcast quite feces free so far. <laughs> Up until now. Now is the time where we, we break the barrier, letting know, the world know how much Nathan cares. How much Nathan cares about his. Hey, I'm a lactose regretter. I'm not lactose intolerant. I just regret it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a difference. <laughs> Keep lactate on you at all times. Exactly. It's going to save your life. <laughs> I, I should actually do that. I don't, but I should. So I don't have a diarrhea story, but I have a diarrhea story from a session. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> when I went to Lviv in 2016, um, so me and another chair were like late for the chairs, team building, whatever thing. And uh, we get to the hostel and we're supposed to take a cab to like the place where we're having the table building and everyone's like in the place already, except for one of the VPs. And like he gets into into the cab with us and we're like, why why the hell are you late? Like you've been here for the last two days. And he's like, right. So there's one thing that you should never trust. And that's a hangover fart. So it wasn't a happy morning for him. And that's how I met the guy for the first time. So that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful how EYP extends your comfort zone. (laughs) 
It does. It does. I mean, even your comfort zone with yourself, you know, believing that it was a fart. (laughs) (laughs) You always hope. (laughs) Okay. Okay. True story. Has anyone here ever shat themselves in UOP in a session? I've been pretty close to it many times. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, lactose regretta here. So, like, it... And it happened, like, in EYP, think about how many times you're really far from toilets. It happens a lot. And then I remember one time when I had a really bad tummy, um, as, as kind of per usual. And I think it was in a, a session in Turkey. And we were in a school. And the, the, the toilets that they had were a bit different, I guess, to what, what I was used to. Where on the, on, on, on the one... Yes, there were squatty ones, but they were also like, if somebody was on the one next to you, you could have a full-on conversation because they only kind of cover from your chest up, <laughs> chest downwards. And so you're kind of squatting and you, know, you still kind of got your head poked up. So imagine those cubicles, but you just slice them all in half and there's no kind of doorway either. <laughs> so you just kind of go to yours, you do your business. And yeah, I had really bad diarrhea. So I had to get visiting it like, I don't know, six, seven times a day. So I got very familiar with those ones. And that was, yeah, a, 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 quite a few times those were close calls, especially the first time when I ran to it. I was like, but but, but well, where, where's the actual toilet? Oh, oh, no, oh my God, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And they're trying to get things, yeah. So that, that was a close call. <laughs> Yeah, it always surprises me to see those toilets in Europe. I don't know why. Like, at this point, I've seen them in so many countries, I shouldn't be surprised. But then it happens, and I'm like, huh, it's been a while again. <laughs> Squatty <laughs> toilet. Okay, with Joe, like, well, one of the things we talk about quite a lot on, on these kind of episodes on the fuck-up stuff is especially when we've been either organizing stuff or when we've been in a, in a, nurse, in a session and things really haven't gone to plan, but, like, really big time. And it's kind of funny how how surprised we are each time we run these kind of episodes to find out what horror stories actually happen out there so i'm kind of intrigued from from kind of both of you to see like what 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 real horror stories do you have from events that really have not gone to plan it's almost halloween as well it suits (laughs) so i've got a creepy one (laughs) (laughs) so um in one of the lithuanian sessions we were staying in a hostel in like the station part of town and it's like it's it's creepy already there's like hookers and homeless people and it's just it's it's, it's a little bit sketchy out there um so we're staying in this hostel and i think it's like everyone's there like the the chairs team the delegates the everyone and uh we had two very weird encounters so the first one is like pretty vanilla at this point um so we had a, a guy standing outside the girls showers um like looking inside the window which was just spooky and not okay at all but then like in the same hostel we had like a couple in a room that like people accidentally stumbled into because they like couldn't find their room or they were like looking for their friends and stuff and they were like I don't know shamans of some sort and uh, they did like weird chants and they had like sculptures made of rock like put down and like I don't know some sort of arrangement on their floor and they would like sing stuff and like burn incense and just be generally like really really creepy and like every time we like every time they went out like into like the hostel corridors or like anywhere that we could meet them like any of the conversations we had with them were just like spooky and extremely intense and like that just made the whole experience of the hostel just very very weird (laughs) but we couldn't do anything about it like it's not that like we could you know ask them to leave or anything they were just there being spooky to everyone (laughs) i mean honestly that sounds my team but like my team building plan for so many stations that i've chaired like incense and chants and spooky intense conversations like yeah, that 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 that's my jam yeah. and staring at girls in the showers no, no, <laughs> was, that, was that about your team building as well Joel? No, 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 that, like that, do we need that, to have a conversation about this <laughs> not talking about that guy <laughs> i mean is it is isn't the yp a bit quite a lot about weird chants and like personal totems and Intense conversations, you know? True. 
So imagine how weird was that that EY peers were weirded out. Like it's <laughs> <to laughs> another level. Literally, I'm pretty sure that there's another podcast recording going on right now where someone else is talking about a story where they went into this hostel and kind of like saw these like <laughs> weird kids doing these random chants and throwing one person in the middle and throwing them in a blindfolding them and then all this kind of weird activities that were going on all the time and they were like what is this cult um i had a very similar story i mean no it's not similar but it was not (laughs) during the session but like we were going to the session so we were like one day earlier so we decided to um rent a house because we were like the armenian delegation decided to rent a house and it was like in a very remote part of Barcelona. So we're like in the house already, like we are trying to get to sleep and someone just decided to go into the kitchen and get something. And when she opened the door, there was a person standing there. So we all freaked out, shouted and started just like we were trying to understand like how the person got in. And then we realized that we got scammed and like the next room, like next to us was actually like rented as well. (laughs) So we're not alone in the house and we're like, what the hell is going on? But like, it was so scary the first second when you think you're alone in the house and you open the door and there's a person standing there. It was just very terrible. (laughs) Yo, Nathan, what's the worst hostel you've been to in an EYP section? I don't think no, no, no. My, my, mine, mine's never been actually like bad, bad places. I guess we have always been the worst people in the places, and we kind of started to degrade them. I mean, yeah, because, every time. you know, I mean, I, I definitely say like my, my favorite, like in terms of like a funky and different, and oh, this is kind of cool, was actually in Vilnius, um, opposite, op- opposite the McDonald's, where like all of our beds are just like pigeonholes in the wall. And you just like slot yourself in to your hole. Okay. And the the wall is like a, I don't know, maybe a, a six by six grid of holes. And you just slot into your hole. And so we had like the whole, the whole chairs team and that just like slotted into holes there. And that was nice. And then the, the fun thing about the McDonald's outside was that at, it was a 24-7 one. But I think after midnight, the actual McDonald's itself, like where you walk in, shuts and it's just a drive through. And so us, you know, 2013, six, I don't know, maybe four or five o'clock in the morning, pretty drunk and pretty hungry by that time. We're like, okay, we need to do drive through. Let, let's be a car. So then we would become a car. You'd have four people and like one person driving, one person in the passenger seat, two people at the back and you would kind of go in in, in momentum and you kind of like go to the drive-thru and like role play driving a car and like do your order and then kind of like drive over to the next window. Um, I'm pretty sure that they were kind of freaked out by us more, more than the other way around. But that was a great way to get food each night. I have done that at the same McDonald's like a couple of years <laughs> later. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also like called a cab to go to that McDonald's and it was like a two minute drive. So like we'd go with the cab, like go through the drive through and then just go back. And we were just like, <laughs> why stand? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Like actually t- not taking a cab in order to get somewhere, taking a cab to basically wait inside while you're waiting for your food. Was it at least raining or something? No, no, we were just drunk. (laughs) For us, it was like February time, so or Jan or Feb, so it was really, really fucking cold and it was snowy and stuff. But hey, we stood outside and we took the cold weather. Well, pretty stupid. I think some of us got ill from it. But, you know, we should have been wise and called a cab and just sat in the cab as we were actually waiting for food. That would have been wiser. Yeah, that's, that's the... The, I, I, there's one part that I really dislike about EYP is this sort of you end up in these situations where you, you I mean you're staying up real fucking late and the only thing usually available is fucking McDonald's. I'm not a fan of fast food burger joints especially like I, I have a really strong memory of the Lithuanian session that I went to it was just people being just obsessed with McDonald's and it's like oh please uh, can can I have a proper bite of a vegetable, please. I need it. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm gonna be on my high horse here. You can always get the okay, salad from a McDonald's. Yes, they are Mackey salad. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like yeah, in UIP there is a big thing around like food and about not doing food well late and stuff. And I remember my first session as a delegate back in 2010. Um, and how hungry I would get at night because I hadn't eaten properly or something like this or wanted to go snack and there was never something there. So I I, I guess I kind of really took that to heart. So in 2011, I was HOing French Nationals and we were like, okay, let's make sure that there's always going to be food available. So in the so we 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 it, we had uh, like the schools kind of like dorms where people would be sleeping and those they, they were on three different floors and so what would have per floor is that there would be some kind of uh chariot full of food snacks drinks fruit anything you could imagine would be on these chariots and these chariots would go up and down the corridors all night long so if anyone ever needed any food you just go out to the corridor and you got food there and even the drinks we had like cans and we had crates and crates and crates of these cans just like flooding around the session and there was honestly so 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 much food everywhere you went there was always going to be food following you we wasted so much fucking money on that stuff <laughs> and we hardly went through half of it we hardly went through half of it we yeah we went i think we budgeted about we spent about 20k that session twenty thousand euros for a three-day national. Yeah, at least not all on food. No. But the thing, our accommodation was basically free. And somehow we still managed to spend that much. Because we threw, like, massive parties. And we just we just randomly did the, the most really, really specific things that would then cost us so much to do. And just kind of, like, wasted all of, yeah, all of the budget for the region and stuff. But it was fun doing it. Uh, the, the whole food thing is, like, the one thing that I remember Finnish sessions doing... Well, at least some of them, not all of them. But I remember this just like being this just massive orders of like subways or baguettes and or something. And then just because we were like Finnish sessions, usually just stay at a school, sleeping on a floor somewhere. Then you have access to the school like canteen. And because that you have refrigerators where you can store a shit ton of subways. And then... I don't think it was Subway, some some sort of uh, bready food. And then you could just, like, any time of the day, just go to the organizers, like, me hungry. Yeah, I know you have way more food than you can handle. Please feed. <laughs> I actually brought that example today during the training. I was, like, the one Finnish session I was to, like, I was, like, they had so much food that, like, that's the one thing I remember from the session. Like, if you ask me what I remember from that session, the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, food. <laughs> there was food everywhere. So, yeah, like, been there, done that. Yeah. I wish the food was less doughy, like, dough-based every time. But, you know, you can't have everything. Have you guys had sessions where you've, like, properly run out of food or water? And that's like actually caused a big issue in the session. Um, more or less. I mean, uh, a very recent situation was that we lost the coffee break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just random, just lost it. Yeah, like literally, it was like the head organizer gave it to an organizer, and then it was too heavy for the organizer, so someone else from the officials team took it, and then placed it in a bus or something, and the bus drove away or something. Like that's that's all we managed to figure out like later on, like but we're not sure that's what happened. So it was like like we properly didn't have coffee break for the next three days. We did manage to get some like very minor stuff from the shops, but like there was no enough food for like the whole regional session. Like no. I think we like the this first session me and Nathan did together, the one in Baku, I think there was a moment where, because the uh, school was outside the set, city and there was some, like, uh, some celebration going on. So there was a huge traffic jam out of the city and <laughs> we were just stuck, like, majorly late for everything because when they had to transfer it to the venue, we just spent a good hour or so in a traffic jam. <laughs> just remember... Remember, we're checking on the head organizers and the organizers frequently. I was like, "Hey, so uh, how? I know we're a bit late from schedule. How's what's the status of the coffee break?" 
Dus het coffee break in traffic jam. <laughs> sure, okay. Nothing can be done. The coffee breaks in the traffic jam. It's gonna be there for another hour. <laughs> I've definitely been to like a Lithuanian session where um we had like a really fancy breakfast like the first morning and then like a McDonald's for breakfast the second morning and then they just didn't have money anymore for any any of the breakfasts because they didn't like budget properly. So I, I don't even know what we ate, but it just wasn't good at all. <laughs> Imagine that, like during a session realizing that you've run out of money and you just can't really do stuff <laughs> now. It's like, well, like I kind of understand that like just before the session you realize shit, okay, we're slightly underfunded. We're gonna have to cut back on certain elements. But during the session, you've already spent the money. <laughs> that is another level. There was this. Um, there was a session where I I fucked up. I made a mistake, and I thought I regretted it. But then later on, I realized I didn't regret it, and everyone who didn't fuck up actually regretted it. And it was it was in twenty fourteen. Um, it was the D Day session, so um, also known as the Obama session. Uh, people called it the Obama session because a bunch of the session got to go over and see Obama. It was it was like during the, the, the D-Day events in 2014, there was like three major D-Day events. And one of those major D-Day events was our UIP session. And we kind of then got to go to these like ridiculous events. So like one of the events that was being held was this basic, this kind of Congress thing where they brought together, I don't know how many different hundreds of CEOs and stuff of like the largest companies in the world all together in a room to kind of discuss different market shit. Um, and talking about how economics can create peace between nations and like this kind of stuff. Um, and then we would then have dinner with them and we would like chat with them and mingle with them. And there's like all these ministers and CEOs and all of these, <laughs> these kind of people. Yeah, so there was like some cool shit happening. And um, one part was of the event was actually to go to the D-Day ceremonies and different, there was almost like a lottery done to see which ceremony you get to go to. And the most exclusive one was to go to see Obama. However, um, I think there was only about 10, 15 of us that got picked out for that. And I was one of the lucky few who got, and got picked out of it. And they're like, oh, cool, cool. So tomorrow morning, we're going to go see Obama. We're leaving at like eight o'clock in the morning and stuff. I'm like, cool, let's do this. So four or five o'clock in the morning, I'm like, maybe I should get a bit of sleep. I go for my power nap. I do not hear my alarm whatsoever. Completely oversleep. I wake up about midday thinking, what? <laughs> what's going on and the bus is of course way 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 gone because i woke up hours and hours after the bus left so the bus goes with the people and like people are seeing me that day they're like oh my god how was it i'm like well i um i, I just kind of woke up i don't know i think they're gone i think they're gonna go to the second people are like what the hell like you are one of the people who actually got to be able to go there and you messed up and i thought yeah this is kind of bad i felt really guilty about it during the day because you know all the logistics and everything organized I felt guilty until I met the people who, after they came back, they were all sick. They were really red. They were dehydrating. Like for the next two to three days, they were all really, really bad. I'm like, what the hell happened? And they told me the story. Some of the fun things is they basically closed down some of the motorways in order to have a convoy of police around their bus to take them to the ceremony. <laughs> and it was like, okay. <laughs> For some reason like they got special service and stuff like this to be able to kind of like go there and then when they got there it was, the ceremony itself was just really badly organized and it was about high 30s really really hot no one had access to any food no one had access to any water and the way that it was organized people literally had to stand outside for about four or five hours in that heat and people hadn't taken sun cream and people were just getting really, really bad. And it was so crowded and stuff. And no one, I think actually only Chris Tripp actually got to see Obama. <laughs> like Chris Tripp and maybe Jonas Tarega, like they, they managed to like push their way to the front or something like that to get a glimpse. So apart from that, no one else even saw him. Everyone was just at the back, just dying of the heat. And then they finally got into the bus to come back. But then all the traffic and all the blockades and stuff trying to get back. So that, and then they still didn't have access to any kind of resources. So they finally made it back and people were just like red and headaches and dehydrating and stuff like this. And they're like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm great. I slept into midday. <laughs> I was happy with my fuck up. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think we should in EYP in general normalize sleeping in, especially when it comes to this sort of like 
special whatever three days like so many times like that that's exactly the best thing you can do just get a couple of more hours of extra z's but then you have just a bunch of pissed off organizers on your door like you need to wake up for this this is mandatory it's like sounds absolutely like i like sure it's i understand it from a perspective of like you they've gone through the trouble of organizing something but if it's just not good for your well-being or your experience at the session in general, like why is it such a big deal that someone wants to sleep in for for whatever that day is? For again, for a very recent session of our, like one of the sessions I've been to, the schedule was made in a way that like we had some social events starting from like ten thirty in the evening, and then the wake up call was at six. <laughs> so it's like. There was no way a human could possibly get enough sleep if they wanted to follow the schedule. And the like the wake up call was like legit legit a wake up call. Like they would call you, they would come to your door, like unless you open, they wouldn't go away. So it's like it was hell. And for a few days I couldn't do anything. I was like, why am I now functioning? And then one of the days I wasn't feeling very well, so I like just went to sleep. And the next day I was like, oh, I am functioning apparently. Like, I'm just a human being, you know? But I feel like it was it was always this like badge of pride that we would wear to be like, oh, last night I only got two hours sleep. Oh, this session I slept four hours. And it was almost seen like, how much shit can you put your body through and still cope and say that you are still here and still being able to succeed in the shit that you're doing? It's, and, and I feel like the same kind of go, almost goes with alcohol and stuff or this idea of, I, I was definitely, definitely like that before that I would see, okay, um, could I, could I literally run a training after a bottle of vodka? That would be one of the internal questions. And the answer was apparently yes. And since the answer was yes, that was not a good sign. <laughs> that really wasn't. And I shouldn't have been as proud as I, as I was back in the day about that. <laughs> um, one of the chairs trainings that I've been in. So essentially, we we had two groups for the chairs training. Uh, we had uh, advanced chairs training and like starter chairs training. And the president took like the the advanced chairs group and he was like, right, let's go. Let's find a find a spot for the training. And we just went to a bar and we just, just drank while the other chairs were doing their training. We were just like, eh, we know shit anyway. Like we, we can just sit down and have a beer and stuff. So wait, well, you weren't actually talking about chairing, you're just having a beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Debatable. So so what is your uh, professional uh trainer perspective into this, Nathan? How how would that cope with the uh, framework that you've been working with so far hmm. i would say there is a really great rick and morty quote from this um and it would be the second to last episode of season five about the two crows in which rick realizes that he never had to train the crows because no training was needed and all knowledge is internal and the acceptance and understanding of knowledge already being there is the finalization of the training. So the removal of the training is the training itself. Great. This is why he presided an IS, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Learning how to BS. <laughs> Take notes, T4AT, wherever you happen next. So I did a, a training event years ago. Um, I decided that Lithuania didn't have any chairs so I organized a, a chairs training myself well I, I wasn't the trainer for the training I invited some Latvians and um, like essentially we had no budget for the event it was like a two-day event and like we asked the school to like host us and stuff and I don't know I think we had budget enough for cookies because I remember like my parents were out, like they, they were traveling at that point. So like the head trainer uh, took my parents' car, we loaded our coffee machine, like from my house, we took it to the school and uh, like, we just had like 10 euros worth of cookies probably for like the coffee breaks and that was it. So we just kind of self-funded the session. Like I, I put in a lot of money into that session, but like, uh, at some point, like during the training, like in the middle of the first day, like the head trainer just comes up to me and he's like, 
this school sucks. I don't like being here. Can we just move the training to your place? So we just moved the training to my house where we did the training in my living room. I hosted everyone. Um, we went to the store in my parents' car once again. We got some food. Uh, the trainers made a pasta dish for everyone. And we were just like, we were rolling with it. Like we were just trying to do whatever to like make this training worth it. And it was a good training. Like it, it was, it was fine. It was a good event, but it was just like so scrappy. Like we just, we just had to do like anything we could to like get by in that training. <laughs> After the so many sessions with the CMOs, this is like someone's place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good that people have, have those places available for themselves. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the we should we should rethink about that whole summer training thing we we're thinking about a couple of like pre-corona times with Nathan about the whole like training academic boards still not a thing in EYP as far as I recall. That's true. Yeah, we we don't really I guess there's this like leadership training aspect that we don't have in EYP where we kind of do with chairs training to an extent that we do involve some leadership concepts in there, which is kind of cool, but we don't, we don't really kind of do on a, yeah, like an academic board level. Like no one gets trained to be a VP. No one gets trained to preside the session. Last year we tried to do that with the HR training. It uh, failed drastically because um, it was very, very funny because uh, people signed up who were very obviously not ready to VP or preside. And then the ones who were, were just like not um, like confident enough and they thought they're not ready. So it was like, we were just like doing a training for a bunch of people who had no idea what like chairing was. And we're like, what are we doing here? Like, Yeah, uh, that's an interesting question. Like, how do you actually attract the right people? I mean, I guess have cool enough trainers and then people that know who's who will, will be attracted to it. Yeah, the HR training was invite-based after that. <laughs> but th th that's true, because I guess how things work in UIP is where wh wh whenever there's like an event, the people who go to something because of the event itself or because of a name of an event tend to be more newer in the organization. And then the more after you've done a few years in there, you just tend to follow depending on the people. And if you know a person who's in this place, you're like, cool, I'm going to go for that person. Yeah, I stumbled the other day on a email of like, I, was, I applied to an Italian nationals at some point that got cancelled. And for some reason, the the way they like announced it to the uh, applicants, like we never got selected before, like it got cancelled between the call and and the selection. Curious. Uh, but looking like the way they did the like announcement of it's been cancelled, we just send out a mass mass email with everyone's to everyone who applied. I was looking at the list of people like, fuck that, that would have been a good ass session. Like there were so many interesting people there. It's like, I wonder what. Oh right, that was uh, everyone's running after the president. I see how this came to be. Well, this is like myself. The only reason I applied to that session in the first place was, was presiding it. Listen here and get good presidents for your sessions. As much of a struggle that can be. Don't get just don't just get your buddies from the BNC. Yeah, it, I guess it's kind of a shame. I don't know. I I, I personally see it as kind of a shame of how in UIP we've kind of built this. It's like the cult around the personality. It's uh, I, I I can't think of the word in English. In, in French, that's how we say it. Like it's the the. Uh, de la personality. It's, 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 it's all about creating, it's almost like idolizing individuals and then like rotating around them. And it's it, it, EYP kind of being about the fact that you have to create a brand for yourself and be almost famous within the organization and that kind of stuff. And the way that our sessions are kind of done almost gears it towards that to an extent. Or, or maybe that's just a thing about NGOs or about youth organizations. Maybe that's not an EYP thing. I, I don't know. But I, I have kind of like really felt that a lot. And maybe it's, maybe that there are quite a few draw, drawbacks from that as well. I mean, there are drawbacks to that, but there's also, I'd argue that there's benefits. What do you view as the drawbacks to that? For me, I, I feel like there's, 
all different personality types out there or people who who are more susceptible to thrive in those kind of environments or people who would find those environments a bit more difficult. And then the people who thrive in those environments are seen as being good at what they do. And people who don't necessarily thrive in those environments, they're seen as not being not good at what they do. Um, and there's people tend to see us like an apples to apples comparison between those people. But it's not really the case. It's just that we have an environment that's suited to a particular type of people. I mean, to an extent, I'm sure that's true. Uh, I'd argue that there's a variety of different types of leaders in EYP sessions. Like looking at the people that preside sessions, for example, I'd argue that one of the benefits from this kind of like cult of personality uh, form of a system is that you know what you're signing up for. If you know what the person is like, if you've worked with them before, like there's a good list of people that I'm just gonna, yeah, that's not gonna apply to that session because I know I don't work well with that person. And if, uh, if, like if we had a differently set up system where all our sessions are more homogenous in some way, I I wouldn't know that. Then I couldn't couldn't kind of select wh where I want to go as easily as I can these days. That's different though if you've worked with them before rather than like let's say heard about them or heard a lot about them, because I have had like experiences where like I would like be like wow this person is like they're doing so much oh my god they're like presiding this many sessions blah 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 like this literal icons in uap and then you do a session with them and you're like uh this is not what i expected like no this is not how it's supposed to work like i don't even get what the hype was all about and it's like i feel like it's just different that the first one is like experience and then the second one is that people sometimes get like very hyped up yeah, I mean, I'd argue that just being experienced doesn't make you a hyped up leader in a sense. Like there are a lot of people in EYP that would be delighted to go to these sessions that I personally would hate to go to because of the leadership. Sure, I, this is very much from a perspective of someone who's done a lot in the organization and is familiar with the whoever's in it. And from someone who's like starting to chair, that definitely wouldn't work that way. But then again, like I don't think there's a way around that. Even if we change the system, like some leaders are gonna be different, and this this way at least at least we have a way of vetting them in some sense for the sessions that we apply to. Like we know someone who's worked with this person. I feel like this is just so now classic me and Joel, where even during an episode episode where we dedicate to talk about fuck ups and shit talk about different sessions, we dive deep into our philosophical <laughs> ideas of of inequality and leadership and stuff like this. This is this is us becoming old. <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of put it out there, I guess again is that like so in some of our fuck up ones, I remember like we were talking about. Uh, burning down palm trees, kicking down doors of hotels that belong to ministers of the country, um, and you know, and people taking sh literally their shit and rubbing it around the walls and stuff like this. So, like, <laughs> have, have you guys had had like sessions that have been like really out there? Like, what the fuck? Why? How? How has it like led to this before? I have like minor fuck ups that I remember from sessions. Like obviously like my, my sessions finished six years ago. So it's been a long time. Like I, I took two hours today to just like reminisce and like figure out like what I can actually remember from sessions anymore. I feel um, like a baby now. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I was thinking about this like sequence of like two uh, Ukrainian sessions like one after the other like the first one was uh, the Lviv one and then the second one was with Nathan and Dnipro and like my last moments in in the session in Lviv I was supposed to go to the station and take a bus like a a bus that runs for like 24 hours coming from Lviv to Vilnius because I'm Lithuanian and I was poor at the time still am and um, so the organizers, like the Ukrainian organizers, they like put me and like the other two Lithuanians in a cab and we're going to the station and it's like five to whenever the bus is supposed to leave. And we get to the station and we realize that it's the wrong station and that we're not getting on our bus. 
And I was just like, I was pissed off. Like I had work in, in like the bar that I was working at the next day. And I was just like, how, how the hell do I do this now? So we had to go to Warsaw and then go from Warsaw to Vidinus. And it was just a whole ordeal. And then three weeks later, probably I go to Ukraine again. And we're, we all meet up in Kiev and we're supposed to take a train to Dnipro. And like, I'm with the same organizer that took me to the, to the bus station in Lviv. And like, we go to the train station and like, everyone's getting on the train. And like, I come up to her, like I'm supposed to board the train. And she like, she looks at her list and she's like, you're not on the list. And the train is full, so we can't get a ticket for you. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> how do you do this again <laughs> but i ended up getting on the train anyway i think we bribed the train conductors to let me on <laughs> i remember that yeah we were we were on that platform yeah. and we didn't have enough tickets for people yeah. and what we, we were um there were i think mariam was in charge of photoshopping tickets oh it's you <laughs> yeah I remember it, all, it always comes back to the train story <laughs> yeah yeah about trying to photoshop the tickets and trying to like smuggle our way in because <laughs> because we didn't necessarily have budget for all of this so we're trying like many different ways to to get everyone on and Wait, wasn't the mariam train story for a training not a session oh that that that, that, that it happened multiple times <laughs> why do you think somebody would be responsible for this i mean like it's we know who our go-to people are for the different things that we need yeah uh, it wasn't that, funny i'm taking you to the train station the bus station or was it uh, it was uh what's her name Tatiana, maybe don't don't remember her last name anymore, but definitely not Mariam, no. Okay. No, but but, but Mariam was in charge of that. Yeah, because I think we had I think the way that we did it is we got a bunch of tickets, um, also at a much cheaper rate, in which you had to have a special card or something like this for. But we were just doing that when we shouldn't have necessarily. And so then from those ones we were trying to Photoshop those and change the names and people and stuff like this and different details on the tickets and plus trying to create new ones and it was it was a whole whole kind of like business around it because the the session was meant to be a um i think it was yeah they said okay let's do a three slash four day session and i said can we do a five day session and they said okay um yeah i was like i know we have budget for this stuff come on let's do this we're like okay let's 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 turn this session to a five day one five days with one day of team building of, of uh, cjo team building i was like okay cool what about two days of cjo team building and training and they're like how can we do that i said well wh why don't we just get everyone to meet up in kiev and then we take the train down together and we try to do some stuff in the train and so we're like okay let's extend this like smaller session to like a much larger session so it was basically like an if um in terms of its format um and yeah so we had to take many different shortcuts along the way as well and some of those resulted into some funniness. One of the sessions I was to, it was one of my first sessions, actually. I was going to, uh, we were going to another city, basically. And so the plan was to have, like, everyone in one, like, cabin of uh, a train. So there was just one ticket that was, like, for another cabin. And uh, very randomly, an organizer turns to me, and I was immediately member there. And she was like, yeah, you're going there to the other cabin. And I was like, the whole session is in the other cabin. And I didn't know which session I had to come off. Like, I had no idea where I am. And I'm just like, okay. And I'm going and sitting there. And like, at first I was pissed off. But then I realized that I'm not pissed off. I'm just very confused. Like, where am I going? And then I was like, okay, I'll just make sure to look where... A lot of people get off, like, from the station. And I will run to the door and get off during that stop. And, like, literally, that's what I did. Every time there was a stop, I would just stand up and look at the door to see if there are people around. So that I would come off as well. Oh. Yeah, I did manage to get off at the right time, but it was very funny. There must be so many people that have been just left in trains or metros or buses <laughs> during UIP sessions. And and like th these these days, you know, especially when there's football on on the weekends. And if I take the tube and I'm going past where we have some of the big stadiums, 
then you're always going to have like huge, huge crowds of like football fans, like chanting and singing and being drunk, dancing and stuff like this. And uh, my first reaction is to kind of look and be like, okay, calm down, guys. And the second reaction is like, hmm. I remember doing this like time after time in EYP that every single transfer was the opportunity to wreak havoc on the public together. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's literally like us. That was us before. Although I feel like we we were probably even more scary. Cult-like, yes. Yes, very, what is, very. What is, what is the most efficient way to wreak havoc on the public from this sense? I'm curious now. From your EYP experience, what is the worst thing you've done to public space? I just remember singing a lot of Dancing Queen in Estonia multiple times. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think like I've never intentionally tried to bother the public. But like screaming a, a lele like anywhere in, in a public space is always wonderful because everyone just gets really, really confused and runs away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember in Ivana Frankisk 2014, we were we were doing an alele so loud that we had uh, TV reporters <laughs> turn their cameras to us and then we were on the TV that day. And I remember seeing someone do like, oh, doing alele, they're doing this in the snow. That was beautiful. I remember, I think it was Estonian Nationals in 2017. <laughs> I think it was, it was probably my idea. We just sent the chairs team to bother some locals. It was just like, take, like have locals participate in some like team building games. <laughs> it's like, go go piss off some like shy Estonian people <laughs> and film them. I feel like you should try that in Turku a bit. <laughs> and you know... In Turku and Finland, just kind of go out, start knocking on people's doors and say, cool, we're doing this little celebration, come down and join us, be there in five minutes, see how many people you can bring out, and just start randomly leading them with team building activities until people can't stand it anymore and they fuck off. Yeah, if if you're ever in need of training your chairing skills, just go look to like a convention, just like gather, just like shout out for volunteers and do, te- do a team building session, make some friendships happen. <laughs> On your skills. I've done that in every like new job I've started. Like whenever we have like a get to know event or anything, like I always like take the mic or I just like stand in the middle of everyone. And I'm like, okay, guys, you don't know me, but you're going to know me from, from here on. And I just do <laughs> like some, you know, warm up team building exercises and, and everything with everyone. So like, it, it's always a fun experience for like people that have never like been in EYP or like been in these kind of environments where people are just loud to like get to know each other better. But it's just, it's so much fun because like it makes people really confused, but like the more people join in, the the better it is. And it's kind of like, it's a good way to like establish yourself in a new corporate environment because you're not going to be just a, a a quiet one that just does their work. Like you're actually like willing to like go out and like make people feel a little bit uncomfortable to like then feel more comfortable with each other. True, true. It, it, it is kind of weird when you're trying to bring this into a corporate space. It, it's beautiful and weird. Like the looks on people's faces and how people just aren't used to this stuff. Yeah. I would have gotten fired so fast. <laughs> I considered it. I talked about it with my team. They were very thought about not doing that. Still recommend that people try. That just means that I'm in the work wrong workplace. I'll need to switch. If anyone's looking for an IT engineer thing, let me know. <laughs> I mean, do you want to look at the salaries in Armenia? Like one look and you won't ask that question anymore. Mm. You're like, I'm in a very good place right now. Like, I'm staying. But there's good water. There's very really good water. Good, really yeah. good water. <clears throat> like, Ugne, have you ever tried Armenian water? Like from the tap? No, I've never been to Armenia. I had a chance to go this year, but I went to your birthday instead. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I feel even more privileged now. <laughs> yes, yes. No, that, that was the wrong choice, no. <laughs> no, no not approved, no. Missed out on the tap water. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm afraid, yeah, in London we don't we, we don't have the same level of tap water. <laughs> we have different kind water. of water. Yes, that's true. Our, our tap water is, like, chlorinated and really bizarre, just like most cities. 
Whereas I, I guess there's like some people listening thinking, what the hell is this about Armenian tap water? I think I think they do an explanation is that in Armenia, there's so much amazing fresh spring water from the mountains that instead of having to have chlorinated recycled water, you can just have fresh spring water coming through your tap. And it's literally it's it's fresh. It's mineral water just like what you would normally pay for and have it bottled up in plastic but they just have it fully fresh out of the tap all the time so it's it's amazing i'm probably biased but i really like lithuanian tap water so like one of the things that i used to do in sessions and i still do when i'm like traveling for a longer time i just like fill up a bottle bottle of tap water like in lithuania and then just drop it in my bag and like attempt to forget about it so that like in the middle of my trip like a few days later i can still have the stale home water (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it's so much nicer than the water anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and and Nara, have, have you done that as well? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Okay. So so okay. So you're not as proud of your water as Ogni is. Okay. Okay. I'm just I'm just not used to not drinking fresh water. You know. <laughs> um, now that we're uh, rounding back to the original topics of the episode, I think I can. <sighs> finalize the show with a story i've been waiting waiting a while to tell joe before you are are you telling us that you've waited 40 episodes for this story and you've been holding on tight for 40 episodes like how did you even think that we would reach 40 episodes (laughs) (laughs) honestly i don't know that was a good play congrats okay i am i'm listening so this is a slightly larger scale of a session so uh we couldn't find a hotel to take everybody in so we had to like okay we'll just get try to find some situation where we can split people between between hotels and the organizers got this travel agency to to uh book book some hotels for us though they at a better rate than we could have gotten and Everything goes fine. We go to our hotels, and at some point, nothing, nothing's wrong with my hotel. My hotel's fine. I mean, a little could have some, you know, social spaces would have been fine rather than just chilling in that weird restaurant. That, that, but yeah. And let's not go into too many details there. But uh, so at some point, there's this um, there's a delegation from from over from another country. A bunch of delegates come to come to the leadership i'd be like so there was a bit of a problem with the hotel um so there's like hookers basically they're like active prostitutes going through this hotel constantly and you have like clear clientele checking out this delegation (laughs) walking in and out of this hotel okay sure sounds a bit weird what else okay so if you open the window from the rooms there's like a weird space there and you have like used condoms and like needles <laughs> just like outside the hotel room. We had like weird, like dirty ass shit. And we're just like, hmm, yes, quite. We're, we're going we're gonna to have a talk with this travel agency. We'll get you another hotel. That, that, that's probably the most fucked up thing that we put this poor ass teenagers through. Oh, it's like... Okay, we're kind of we're kind of afraid that these people on the street are gonna try and pick us up because they think we're prostitutes. I'm having trouble sleeping. <laughs> Actually, that that kind of sounds like last month when Rialdo came to London. Uh-huh. So Rialdo came over to London, and I I had had people at my place like for so many days and stuff, and everything was a mess and everything, and we're like, okay. I wanted to kind of house them. And I was like, mate, it's it, it's been a lot over the past couple of weeks and stuff, so not not gonna be able to like house this time. So we're like, okay, cool. I sent him a link to to a hostel nearby, like kind of decent price and stuff. He's like, cool. He booked it. Thing is, he booked it for um the following month, so he booked it for this month instead of last month when he came over. And it was like, okay, crap. So then he turns up there and he re- only realizes that as he arrives at the hostel. And the thing is, trying to book a place in London is a nightmare, last minute. Every single hostel we call around, they're all fully booked and stuff. And I'm like, okay. Uh, but then I did find that there was like a, a, a hotel just down the road uh, and it was really cheap. And I was like, okay, perfect. So I called him. I said, okay, 
and I negotiated the room down even further. And I was like, perfect. Yeah. And yeah, we can pay in cash. This is all good. Awesome. So I tell Rialdo and I said, yeah, he'll be there in like 15 minutes. Rialdo gets a little bit lost on the tube. I think it takes a bit more time and arrives there. Like it takes about half an hour to get there. By the time he gets there, his room's already been rented out to someone else. And he's like, oh, and then, and then um, he, like, other, other, another guy kind of, like, goes in. And, yeah, Riado starts to realize what kind of place it is. And it is more of an active brothel than anything else. Um, and especially when a guy comes comes down and then says, uh, do you have any condoms <laughs> on his way back to the room and stuff. And, yeah, so... So didn't the receptionist also say like, yeah, that's the guy I rented your room to? Literally, yes. So the so the guy who who rented out Realdo's room then came back down to ask for condoms. Um, yeah, yep. <laughs> so uh, I feel like that happens. You know, yep. it's okay. that 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 is a wild experience being in a leadership of a session. It's like a bunch of delegates come to you. It's like, hi, we have a problem. We have had an experience with an organizer sending us a spreadsheet of like, um accommodation options that we had to like look through and weirdly we were like why is like all of the places that were written were like it was written like they're um like the 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 money you need to pay them like per hour and then per day and then per like the amount of days we had for the session and i was like why is this happening like why are they like per hour rates and um, she was like, well, I've seen that for a few hotels. I thought that I should write those down. I just like multiply it by 24. Uh-huh. And I was like, those are the places that you should not look for. That's not the kind of place you want to take 16, 17 year old delegates to. You <laughs> yeah, know, absolutely. like th- th- there is a way to introduce them to the adult world. And there's a way that probably should be avoided, you know. Yeah, but it was cute though. She had no idea what she was doing. Innocent soul. Oh, it's sweet. I got kicked out of a hotel in a session once. I crashed Lithuanian Nationals. I was supposed to go to the session. Like the thing with like me and EYP is that like I don't get along with my parents at all. And they hated me doing EYP. And like at this point, like I was supposed to be like a jury member for Lithuanian Nationals. And I was like getting ready for it and everything. And my parents just told me that they're not going to pay for my uni accommodation if I go to the session. So I had to cancel. But then like I had like a day where I could just like go and crash and like see the people that like I wanted to see in the session. And I went out there like it's a hundred kilometers away from like where I live. And uh, I like I went into the session like everyone was doing like committee work and stuff and like I said hi to everyone and like we had a drink afterwards and then like somebody offered to like have me stay in their room and then the head organizer uh, came to the room and she kicked me out of the hotel and it was like December in Lithuania so it's like minus 10 and like snow and like winter everywhere and I was just like okay what am I gonna do now so I I messaged like someone that was a delegate in like a different hotel, like for the same session and they let me stay with them. But I was just, I was so pissed off because I'd crashed Latvian, like a Latvian session the same year. And they were just so nice. They were so hospitable. Like they loved that we came, like there were like a couple of people coming in and like, we, we just spent some time with everyone and like everyone was super happy with that. And then I go to like my own like Lithuanian nationals and like I get kicked out. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking stupid what EY peers end up doing to other EY peers if they're not a part of the session. It's disgusting. We almost got kicked out, like the whole session from um, a hotel, a hostel, like so, somewhere in between. No, no, no. no. <laughs> like, it was like this. It was very weird because the uh, hostel owner came up to me and she was very pissed off. She's like, I'm not going to let you stay here anymore. Like the first, the first thing she said, she's like, you're not resotyping. Like you're not staying up late at night. And I was like, but we have to. And she's like, in that case, I'm kicking you out. And we were like in the middle of nowhere, like literally there was like nowhere we could find another place. Like that was not happening. And throughout the whole conversation and everyone was there, like every official was there. And I was like negotiating and throughout the whole conversation, I was like, what is going on? And she was like, that's because last night you were running around like at the hostel. 
And I was like, I was the last one to go to sleep like the other night. And I was like, no, like the, the time that you're saying, like telling me like the 4 a.m. thingy, like I was like, I made sure that everyone was sleeping. And then I looked around and I saw that there are cameras around and that I was like, I was very firmly and like very confidently telling her like multiple times, like you can check the cameras, like we can check the cameras, bring us the cameras, like bring us the footage, we can look at it. And then <laughs> one of the officials came up to me and in a very like, like calm voice was like, don't be so confident about it. And I was like, <laughs> And then, I, I mean, I continued the negotiations and we did not look at the footage. Um, but, but then, I mean, we stayed. Obviously, we were like, it, it came to a point where we were like, like you're not going to kick out like minors on a street. Like, you can't leave them there. So we stayed. But then I went to their room, like the, the person who told me that. And I was like, like, what on earth did you do? And there were like four guys. And they were like, I mean, nothing. And we were like, but what is nothing? Like, the nothing that you've done. And they were like, I mean, we were laying down and the lights, like, on the hallway were, like, very blinding and we couldn't sleep. So one of the guys was like, like, told the other guy, well, can you go turn off the light? And he was like, well, no, I'm laying down. And he was like, yes, but I'm in my underwear. And the other guy was like, do you think I'm sleeping in a, like, suit? Um, so he was like, okay, at least come with me. Um, but they had no idea if there is even a switch like for the, for the hallway. So they were going there and then the other two were like, I mean, we can join you for the search to be quicker. And so what happened is that four guys in their underwears were just running around in the hallway trying to look for a switch. And those were the noises that they heard and they were saying that we were running around in the middle of the night. And apparently we were. There's a very innocent reason to be doing that for a while. I'm kind of surpressed. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there's so many EYP sessions that almost end up kicked out. But you're not gonna kick out minors in the middle of the night is a very good argument. That more like if you're if you're about to head organize a session, memorize that sentence. Think about the bad press you're gonna get for kicking out a bunch of minors in the middle of the night. How to Use maintain that. a good relationship with the venue for next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not happening. Like that, they, 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 they know. Like, that there's very few venues that host EY peers multiple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we just like burn through them. Like, how, how have we been going for like thirty five plus years? Like. <laughs> How do we run out of venues we can burn through? There are new ones. <laughs>